On podcast 1844, Ford reveal a new truck and SUV, the Escalade IQ and a forgotten Tesla auction frenzy. We're trying a new thing, so you know when to expect a show. Go live at 5 UK, that's midday Eastern. Uh, Patreon supporters get the episodes, though, as soon as they're ready and ad-free. And you can be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Tuesday, 23rd of May. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story. So you don't have to. Right, we'll start with the news of Ford revealing its second-generation EVs, including a new full-size pickup and a three-row SUV EV with a range of 350 miles. That was during their Capital Markets Day yesterday. Now, Ford intends to introduce EVs in segments it's known for and will be producing a full-size electric pickup, codenamed the T3, or Project T3, I think more specifically. Uh, The electric truck is going to focus on efficiency with minimal trims and have software updates over the air. Ford will introduce a new platform designed to streamline manufacturing across their segments to produce 2 million EVs every single year by 2026. Now, what did Tesla do last year? 1.3, was it? Tesla experts, correct me. Uh, 1.3 million vehicles worldwide. So they could do 2 million vehicles, if not this year, then next. So, you know, Ford is playing catch up, but I still think 2 million EVs every single year uh, by 2026. If that's January 1, 2026. I still think it's a really good achievement for Ford. No, it's more than really good. It's a spectacular achievement by Ford, considering all of the supply chains that needed to be uh, set up over the last well, years, isn't it, uh, to get that kind of uh, that kind of volume going by the middle of the decade. Ford wants to offer the least expensive EV batteries in the United States. Well, that's what they want. <laughs> Delivering it is going to be what keeps them all awake every night. But that's their plan. Ford has announced a series of deals for the supply of lithium to support their plan to increase production of EVs over the next few years. Uh, here are the details that Ford announced. Uh, first of all, there's the Albemarle Corporation entering into a strategic partnership with Ford to supply 100,000 metric tonnes. That is of lithium hydroxide, because there are different types of lithium that get used in EV batteries. Uh, but 100,000 tonnes, well, that's about you know, near as damn it, 3 million EV batteries worth, depending on size of the battery, obviously. Uh, You got there before me when I was saying that, but uh, that's 3 million EV batteries a year. Wow. Uh, The companies will also explore collaborations to develop battery recycling. Uh, Compass Minerals has signed a binding deal with Ford to supply up to 40% of their battery-grade lithium carbonate originating from their Utah plant. The project will produce 35,000 metric tonnes of lithium carbonate equivalent per year when it's fully operational. Uh, Energy Source Minerals has agreed to provide Ford with lithium hydroxide from a new site in California. Uh, Operational by 2025, the project will produce 20,000 tonnes a year. And the Canadian miner Namaska Lithium will supply Ford with 13,000 tonnes of lithium hydroxide per year over 11 years. And that's from their uh, Canadian sites. All the minerals supplied to Ford under the deals will originate in the US or free trade agreement countries to ensure that Ford get access to that Inflation Reduction Act money. Well, not Ford, but buyers of Ford vehicles get those uh, access to the IRA uh, subsidies. Big news there. Big news for Ford and uh, lots to get excited about there in terms of a 
Mm, legacy car maker. I need to find a better word than legacy, uh, but an established car maker. Really, really understanding what they need to do to go back to the mine in order to be fit, not just for the next five years or 10 years or 20 years, although that might seem a long time away. And it is in many cases in car maker world. Five years is here tomorrow. That's the blink of an eye. And so um, it's what needed to be done. And they've been doing it for a while, employing the right people uh, to get these things done. But uh, now it all gets to be discussed publicly, I guess. And I think that's some really positive news there from Ford. Let's move on. And General Motors plans to release an all-electric Cadillac Escalade called the Escalade IQ. And they're using the IQ name for some of their EVs, which, if you ask me, is very close to what Mercedes do, which is the EQ. And if there'll be a little bit of a conversation there between Mercedes saying, um, I think that's a little bit close, don't you? The EQ brands and the IQ brands. But there we go. Uh, That is part of their goal to have all electric lineups for Caddy and Buick by 2030. The EV range currently includes the Lyric and the Celestique or Celestic. I think I meant to say it that way. We don't know price, range, production details of the electric Escalade. But given that it's a good seller, in combustion form for the brand. Uh, this will be very, very important. Built on the Ultium platform, of course, uh, speculation from car and driver suggests the Ultium battery technology will be 177 kilowatt hours, three electric motors, and 830 horsepowers. Wow, count them all. Uh, it's been spotted testing already, and the vehicle is going to debut before the end of the year. It'll go on sale as a 2025 model year. Spy photos reveal Escalade IQ has uh, eight lug wheel nuts, uh, eight lug wheels, I should say. Uh, it's on the same platform as the sort of Hummer counterparts, if you like. Uh, although the thick camouflage makes it difficult to see much about the vehicle, uh, we don't even get to see inside, which of course I imagine it's going to have some pretty big digital screens and all the latest gadgets and technology inside. Moving on, and Texas has passed a new law requiring EV owners to pay $400 registration and a $200 renewal fee so that Texans can contribute to the highway expenses currently funded by the state gas tax revenue. The EV tax will result in about $38 million in new revenue, and the charges exclude motorcycles, mopeds, and autocycles. Start September 1st for my Texan listeners. And... I mean, that's seven times the current registration fee in Texas of $50. And so that one is going to sting a little bit. Staying with Tesla, they're continuing their strategy of shipping vehicles from Shanghai around the world. But what about from Shanghai to North America? Well, we haven't seen that because, well, the vehicles are made in the US, in California and and in Texas. But why would they be making vehicles in China and shipping them to the US? Well, they're not. They're taking them to Canada. A second ship carrying Teslas uh, has just left China and is right now on its way to Canada. The shipments could be indicative of further moves by Tesla to send vehicles from Shanghai to Canada. And of course, that's, I think, all about the tax credit rules, uh, the fact that if they can make the vehicles in the US and sell them in the US, uh, then those vehicles get the federal tax credit. If the vehicles are made in China... And sold in the US, it doesn't. But if they're sold in Canada, what with the IZEV program, makes no difference. 
And staying with Tesla, then that auction that's going on right now for the three abandoned Tesla Roadsters, if you haven't heard this story, it's incredible. In 2008, uh, the buyer in China bought three brand new Tesla Roadsters and they've been sitting in sealed sea containers. The, The buyer never collected them out of the containers and never paid the storage handling fees for the containers. They've been racking up day after day after day for the last 14, 15 years. And so somebody paid off the debt, bought the containers, and they finally get the roadsters inside. And of course, they're selling them, because why would you want three roadsters? So they are auctioning them off. Uh, The current bid is $750,000, and I think that's an absolute bargain. The Gruber Motor Company is handling storage for the roadsters, and... If I were Tesla, I would want them back. If I if there were three zero mile Teslas in the world, and I and I were Tesla, or even even Elon Musk or JB Straubel or someone uh, who was involved in the early days, I would want them back, and I would pay you know, like a million quid, a million dollars is no money at all, really. And so, I would have those cars back, and I put them on display. Uh, maybe all together or split them up and put them in the receptions in the various factories or even just for a private collection, if you will. Are the batteries bricked? Well, lithium-ion batteries can survive if there's no draw on them. Uh, LFP batteries can do fine. But um, are the batteries dead? as a dodo are they bricked we don't know so that's one of the things that we just don't know about these vehicles or even who's bidding but actually if they're three roadsters zero miles no one sat in those seats then real collector's items now actually i know someone who lives not too far from me actually has original uh, right hand drive original roadster and and as far as i know last time i spoke to him he's using it as a daily driver and i did say to him like you've seen the articles recently these things are now selling at auction for his has got a few miles on the clock obviously for decent money that's that's your pension stick that in a garage and a, a couple of alarms on it but he says nope i love the car I just want to drive it. It's just, it was made to be driven. It's a machine. I want to use it. And I absolutely applaud that. Yeah, I, would, I probably wouldn't do the same, but maybe our financial situations are a little bit different. And finally, Tesla, on Tesla at least, uh, Tesla is discounting their new inventory, the new inventory Model 3s. And these are new inventory Model 3 rear wheel drives. And they're starting at 39 grand. And again, such a decent price when you the effective purchase price with incentives is $35,000 for one of these vehicles. Now, you could say that they are shifting some of the old stock in inventory because they're getting ready for the new facelifted version of the Model 3, none of which is official, by the way. We They are due sometime this year, by the way, a facelifted 3, and possibly why as well. I think discounting the current stock would get rid of them, but I'm not sure it's imminent in terms of the new Model 3 arriving. Like We'll call it the old style, if you want to call the current style uh, that. You can even lease them for $384 a month, which is frankly brilliant if you compare that to what else you can get for the money. Right, stick around. On the way soon, we'll talk a little bit about Panasonic, upping their production Jeep using EVs to get a leg up and Lucid's variants arriving in Europe. Hey, by the way, if you want to skip the ads, you can do that by being a Patreon supporter. You can support my work here on the podcast and if you want to go to patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash evnewsdaily, then you are very welcome to have a look at the various tiers, $5, $10 a month. You get your name shouted out on a Sunday for that and the various support that you can give me and help me put this together. And uh, and thank you very much to everyone 
who currently supports on Patreon and have over the last few weeks of what's been a bit of a tricky time, if I'm honest with you. It's not been too much fun. Uh, as uh, long-time listeners will know the story uh, that I sadly ha- said goodbye to uh, my old dad. And so a uh, bit of a wobble in my personal life there, but good to be back here and uh, and working once again. So that's what Patreon's all about. That's where I've been, in case you're wondering. And we'll take a break. and back in a sec. Now, let's talk a little bit about the US government launching two new initiatives to help establish a national network of half a million public EV charging ports. It includes the Ride and Drive Electric Funding, with a budget of $51 million to fund initiatives like testing and validation equipment and creating job opportunities and training opportunities in underserved communities. The other initiative is the National Charging Experience Consortium. They've called it ChargeX, which is pretty cool, actually. ChargeX, led by the US Department of Energy and uh, with their the sort of labs department there, and they will work with the charging industry, the car makers, organizations, uh, those, I guess, involved in the charging industry in the United States, the big names, the big players. I wonder if uh, the supporter from this podcast, National Car Charging on the US mainland, Aloha Charge in Hawaii, they deliver a lot of hardware to their partners. I wonder if they'll get a a voice at the table as well. All the key players uh, to ensure that there is the right data being collected, a central platform for EV chargers and collecting and reporting on that data to ensure that chargers are as reliable as they possibly can be. That is a brilliant and much needed, I would say, two initiatives, but particularly the second one, uh, which is all about ensuring that if there's a charger in the ground, it's working. If it's not working, we know why it's not working and to ensure that when you turn up to it, you're going to be able to charge your car because currently at the minute there is some woeful reliability in some parts of our charging networks. Now, let's talk about Panasonic next in the news. They want to increase their annual production of EV batteries to 200 gigawatt hours by March in 2031. It's a long way off, and it's about four times what they do at the moment. They will focus on production in North America to do that, uh, building at least two new factories to the make the so-called 4680 cells. The exact locations of their new factories not yet confirmed, but somewhere uh, like Nevada, Kansas, or elsewhere in North America uh, could be chosen. Here in the UK, my American friends always seem to raise an eyebrow when I say Jeep is nothing. Jeep is nowhere. Jeep is just not a name that we have. But it's not a toxic name, interestingly enough, especially as Jeep is a much bigger name in America. Well, Jeep wants to increase their presence in the UK market, and at the minute it's 0.3% of the SUV market, which, again, it's it's a rounding error. There are no Jeeps on the road. But by focusing on electrification... Uh, Jeep's boss, Christiane Mounier, says that although Jeep has screwed up a couple of times in the UK market recently uh, with products, he thinks that EVs will help the company turn things around and that driving electric, particularly an electric 4x4, is exciting with the instant torque on demand, one-pedal driving, brake regen when you're going down hills, things like that. And they've had success with plug-in hybrids in North America. They want to replicate that success with pure EVs in Europe and uh, particularly here in the UK, where, like I say, Jeep, I think it's an open goal they're shooting at because Jeep is not a toxic brand. If anything, I think Jeep is a good brand. Well, I think Jeep's a good brand uh, over here as well. There's nothing to particularly turn us off the name Jeep. I think it's pretty cool. I think most people would think Jeep is American. I think people think of 
the traditional Jeep shape and, and either way, maybe like, you know, some romance from films and times that you've seen Jeeps and things like that. You immediately think 4x4 and an off-road prowess, even if the EVs coming will only ever be doing the school run. They can, I think they can build on that. So I think Jeep has got a load of potential here and maybe electrification is the way that they reinvigorate that brand. Now, you know, you know, oh, for about the last five years, I've been banging on about China is coming. China is coming. Um, I, I'm not going to stop banging that drum, by the way, not because I particularly I'm cheering for Chinese car makers or for any particular reason, just they're on their way. Uh, China has now become the world's largest auto exporter. China is officially surpassing Japan as the world's top auto exporter in the first quarter of the year. Uh, the Chinese auto exports up 58%, uh, driven by, you guessed it, electric vehicles up 93%. And of course, the Chinese government support for EVs has gone a long way to creating an EV industry there, which they're now exporting to other parts of the world. I've only been saying it, as I say, the last five years or so. The Chinese are coming. So just don't be surprised. I think some people will be. Uh, now let's talk about Lucid and uh, Lucid Motors announcing two more Lucid Airs for Germany, Netherlands, Switzerland and Norway. The Air Pure, that's all-wheel drive, and the Air Touring. The Air Touring delivers in Q3, the Air Pure, all-wheel drive in Q4 this year. Uh, slightly smaller batteries, uh, the 92 kilowatt hour battery pack for 720-odd kilometres of WLTP range. A couple more stories. Rolls-Royce are set to produce their Spectre. That's all electric, and it's an electric coupe. It goes into production in September. And get your checkbooks out. It's going to cost half a million euros. Well, it's going to start at that, and the whole point of buying a Rolls-Royce is you go along and you have the experience and you choose everything and the, the seats and the materials. And, and, and it's, you know, your Rolls-Royce is very much it's it's set for you and that's why you pay half a million euros for a bespoke vehicle the electric vehicle has 120 kilowatt hour battery 120 kilowatt hours how did they get to that well the ceo torsten muller otvos has announced that their specter electric car although if you place an order today won't arrive till 2025 says that they've been learning lessons from their concept cars over the years like the range the charging times and the battery size and listening to client feedback the spectre's design rethinks rolls royce uh, such as the pantheon grill and uh, it's the most aerodynamically efficient model ever he says, we learned a lot about range. We learned a lot about charging times. It was clear that we don't need to be number one with outrageous range or whatever, but 311 miles or 500 kilometres is totally sufficient for our clients. It also gives us the right logic behind the battery size. How much do we need to do in terms of body shape? What does the car look like? It's a fine balance between range, size of batteries, and the compromises you get with the design of the car. And you know what? Most Rolls Royces are going to potter around the French Riviera at 30 miles an hour. They don't need 300 miles of range. I wonder if their buyers will want bragging rights and have, you know, a 600 miles of range. Um, I don't know. Well, the CEO knows their buyers better than I do. So we'll we'll wait and see. And finally, the Chinese battery maker Gosium. Or Goshen has unveiled their new LMFP, the LMFP battery cells and the battery packs, cobalt-free chemistry, and they say it achieves a range of a thousand kilometers. Well, of course, 
any car can do a thousand kilometers. You just add add more batteries till you get there. Uh, but either way, it has a much higher gravimetric energy density and a higher volumetric energy density than its competitors. Can charge uh, to eighty percent in eighteen minutes. Will be on the market in 2024. And why is this important? The largest shareholder of that company is Volkswagen. And all of a sudden, if you've got some Volkswagens on sale with a thousand kilometers of range from their battery packs, that tends to set a standard if their VW is on sale with this massive figure of a thousand kilometers as that big headline number for the big battery pack using that LMFP battery cell technology. So a uh, big update there that I didn't want to ignore. And that's your podcast for today. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I did. Uh, thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, and National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one tomorrow and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>